I'm so excited about this message, I need to really calm myself down. Uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in the town of Galilee, or a village in Galilee. Gabriel was sent to a virgin by the name of Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Joseph was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. That's a good greetings. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Tell somebody you found favor with God. Amen. Tell somebody else you have found favor with God. Amen. 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 Some of you say, if I found it, why don't I have it? Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, you, uh, you, you're you're going to be like me. How many of you, how many of you wear glasses? How many of you, have you ever looked for your glasses and found out that they were already on? See, you, some of you all wouldn't understand that if you don't wear glasses, okay? How many of you all have ever looked for keys and already realized that they were in your hand? Okay, so that's what I'm talking about. You found favor, you just don't know where it is yet. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Oh, my, let me see. I'm so excited about this word. Um, uh, uh, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I never had uh, sex with any man. Uh, and the angel replied, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. How's this miracle going to happen? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, you, your relative is Elizabeth. Your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say, people used to say she was barren. People used to say, tell somebody people used to say something about you. But God is doing a new thing. That's what we heard on. That's what we heard. That's what we heard on, on Thanksgiving. God is doing a new thing. You better get ready for the you for the new you. People used to say she was barren. People used to say you were dry. People used to say you had no joy, but God is doing a new thing. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. For the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel 
left her. I want everybody in this church who was 35 years old and under, please stand. <laughs> 35 and under, please stand. 35 and under. Wow. 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 Okay, may, may be seated. Wait, before you take your seat, turn to the person next to you and say, who's standing, and say, this message is for you. All right, this message is for you. You sit down. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll include you then. Because actually you're not included. He said, I'm 36, so yeah, you're included. I want to speak on a series I'm so excited. If you had a tough 2016, a challenge in 2016, raise your hand. Oh, yeah, this is good. That means this is for you. This is for you. This is for you. The title, I'm, I'm, I'm starting a series today for the next three weeks, and the title of this series is Lord, Please Marry Me. That's M-A-R-Y, Lord. Please marry me, marry me. This is a season where PT, this church, is called to invest in those who are millennials, and under, those who are millennials and under. Um, I looked at all sorts of resources, but generally speaking, um, millennials are defined as those, and that's why actually Austin, he, he correctly does fit. Uh, millennials are def defined as those who were born in the year 1980 through 2000. Which would make you, you know, either 16 or 36. Are you following so far? So that includes my wife. Now, I'm going to score as many points as I can while I yet live. <laughs> so anybody 36 years and old and, and younger, um, the Lord is saying that... This is the season that we are focusing, this, this new season, on investing in you. The reason why this is so important is because Mary receives this encounter with Gabriel. And scholars says she was somewhere between the ages of literally 12 to 16. Yeah, that's what I said too. So let's say 14, between the ages of 14 and 16, around there, she received this word from the Lord and actually gave birth to Jesus. Now, what struck me, I was like, okay, but then I said, oh my goodness, can you imagine that God entrusted his purpose to save the world 
and beyond. Everybody in the first century and the following centuries all was trusted or entrusted into the hands of a teenage girl. Now, even if you say, you know, uh, and I keep getting this mixed up, 50 is the new 40 or 40 is the new 50, help me out, which one? Which, which, yeah, so 50 is the new 40, which means that, uh, the, did I say that right? Okay, which means that, you know, those in the previous generation who were 40 are now those in my generation doing the same thing in their 50s. In other words, this, this is, my father, who is now 86, he, I am doing things when I was his age that he's not doing, that he was not doing when we were the same age. In other words, my dad at 58 was quite a different person than me at 58. I, you know, for example, well, I don't do it anymore, but when I was 50, no, I was still playing ball. My dad was not playing ball. <laughs> and my whole point is that there seems to be a, a you know, a, 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 you know, uh, uh, you, you will see, for example, like, like I look at my wife, and some of you know she just turned 56, and um, my, my mom wasn't dressed like my wife at 56. I mean, she had some swag, but she wasn't, you know, <laughs> no, she, no, she wasn't doing redhead and, and And sexy stockings and all that. She was my mother. She was my mother. <laughs> and, and so what I'm saying is that even if you look at this teenager at 14 and 26 and say, well, it was different that time because life was harder and the lifespan. So push it up 10 years. The point is, is that if God said to me, Brian, I'm going to put the hope of this world in the hands of a 24 to 26-year-older. I would, I would say to God, you're crazy. Okay? This, this, no, no, put it, put the hope of the world in the hands of Elizabeth. Because at least Elizabeth is an older woman at least Elizabeth, she has lineage going all the way to Aaron. Put it into somebody's hands who, who has more experience. You, you, you're talking about a girl who's just engaged to be married. She's a teenager, and you're putting your hopes into her hands. It doesn't make sense. But the Lord is saying, I'm doing a new thing. And you millennials need to understand that God is putting the hopes of this world in your hands. And some of you are like, but I don't want that. <laughs> I want to be a kid. 
dead. And God said, I'm putting the hope of this new season in your hand. As a congregation and those of you who hear my voice as individuals and uh, whether you're first-time guests or you're visiting or, or you're watching on YouTube or you can listen through iTunes, uh, you, you, you're probably going to wish you didn't hear this message because once you hear it, you will be responsible. And God is saying, I am entrusting to you, Pentecostal Tabernacle, as a congregation, and to you who are listening to what I'm saying, he's saying, I am entrusting you with that which belongs to me. What you are carrying in your spirit, what you are carrying in your heart does not belong to you. It belongs to God. Mm. What strikes me in this text is that Gabriel, who, whose name, when there's an E-L at the end of a name, it, 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 it is, uh, and, it, and if it's a Hebrew name, the E-L means God. So, for example, Daniel means God is my judge. Are you with me so far? Uh, uh, Michael, uh, Michael means who is like God. Samuel means uh, asked of God. But here we have this woman, Elizabeth, which means God is an oath or God keeps his promises. Mm. God keeps his promises. And you have this person named Gabriel, whose name means man of God. So you have this angel, an angel, the word angel means messenger. You have this messenger, angel, Gabriel, who's the man of God, gives a word to Mary and it changes everything. All you need is one word and it will change everything. Mm. This morning, uh, uh, as I spoke this message, one of the young men who, uh, he, he went to MIT and uh, got married, and uh, when he left PT, he started his own business. And he said, uh, when, I was, when he was here, uh, he came here, PT South, in the summer, and he said, Bishop, uh, I need to tell you this, especially after sharing this word. He said to me, um, we started our own business, and we were down to nothing. I thought we were, I just thought it was over. And here's a guy, you know, uh, started this business, just got married. Last thing your wife want to hear is that, you, 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 you know, you're going under. We, we, need, we need you to make some money, homeboy, and we're going under. And he said to me, he said, Bishop, when I got on the plane to come back here to PT, my last investor called me and sent the money. Okay, that's okay. You know, you know I, I guess, I guess, because you all ain't helping me, so. This is for real, for real. 
See, some of you have been in the pit so long, you can't even conceive of God supernaturally turning things around. He said, when I got on the plane coming here, God already sent the breakthrough. Just told me that this morning. Now, this is the thing that struck me. There's a wrong, te- wrong translation here because most of the scriptures that you read, most of the versions that you read will say the baby that is born to you, Mary, will be holy. Are you following me? That is the wrong correction. That, sorry, that is the wrong translation. That word, they, they made the word baby for you and I so that we could understand. But the word is not baby. The word is correctly translated in the King James Version. It's not called a baby. It's called a holy thing. And the reason why it's called a holy thing is because even Gabriel, an angel who has been with God prior to creation, he did not even know what to call what was going to be born in Mary because it never had been done before. Gabriel had watched human history and he said, you know what? I've seen God produce a child out of a woman who was 90 years old. That was a miracle. I seen God produce a child out of a woman who who physically could not conceive of a child, Rebecca, or the 90-year-old was Sarah. The, 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 um, the person who could not have children was uh, Rebecca or, or, um, or Elizabeth, Elizabeth or Hannah. So I've seen God do that before. What I've never seen God do was produce a child through a woman with no sperm. I, so... Who's the father? Well, the father is God, but the mother is human. I don't know what, I can't call the child human, and I can't exactly call the child God, so I'll call the child a holy thing. And, and, and actually, this word in the, in the Greek, it means a sacred thing. It means a most holy thing. In other words, there is something that God put in Mary that is sacred. Are you with me? And the word sacred means set apart for God. So guess what, Mary? Because this is something I put in you that is set apart by me, you don't get to name him. You can call the next one Joey Jr., but this one I'm naming Turn your name and say, neighbor, God put something in you. It belongs to him, and he gets to name it. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. He, he gets to name it. So, so, but why Mary? Why does God choose Mary to carry his baby? Why does God choose Mary to carry his dream for the world because 
Mary has an interesting name. And, and the, when, you, when you talk about the Eastern cultures, whether it's uh, uh, Asian cultures or, or cultures in Africa, you know, we, we Americans are the only ones who just name names because we like it. We, I mean, we, we just put names together. You know, I like this church. I like the chandeliers. I like the windows. So I'm going to name my child Shanda Window. <laughs> Shanda Window. How are you, Shanda Window? What does it, your name mean? I don't know. My mother just liked the name. But people in the Eastern culture would give names because they're, they're, they're prophetic. And don't, and don't mess with the Africans. Because they'll have a name, child born at 6 o'clock a.m. on a Monday that blessed my socks. You know, some kind of translation that's so precise that that child has to be blessed. That's why now we have, you know, we have so many people now from different cultures. Now, I don't even, Elder Roy, we got smart. I don't even pronounce names anymore. I say, give me the name of your child. Because I'll look at the name, and it's never one name, it's like eight. And, 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 I, just, and I just love my African brothers and sisters because I, I've discovered that the name that they tell me is not even their full name. There's somebody in here, I'm not even going to say who they are, so they're not embarrassed. But when I was text their full name, because I realized that the name we call them is just a, short, a shortened version. And I was like, you know what, they really love their pastor, because I don't even know if I could have pronounced it. I, I remember I, I was doing a wedding, and I spent an hour trying to pronounce the name right. And I still got it wrong. <laughs> Why Mary? The name Mary is a Greek name for the Hebrew word Miriam. And Miriam's name means rebellious. So God is giving his child to somebody who is rebellious. Rebel comes from two Latin words, re, which means again, and balos, bellum. So when someone's belocious, it means to fight, to war. So a rebellious person is someone who makes war again and again and again. This word, Miriam, means obstinacy. Are to be obstinate. It means to be stubborn. It means to be unyielding. It means to be... Uh, determined. It means to be tenacious. It means to be, uh, this word Mary, Mary means adherence to one's purpose. And God is saying, I need, I need somebody who when I give them my purpose, they will stick to it no matter what. I need somebody with a stubborn faith. I need somebody with 
tenacity. Are you following me so far? The word tenacity or the word uh, um, when you have someone in your apartment and they are a tenant. Okay. Or we have the tenants of faith. It, it, this word Tenacity or tenet, it comes from a Latin word, teneo, which means to hold, to hold. And so Mary is a woman of tenacity because she's a woman who holds steadfast. Are you with me? Because Jesus, uh, the apostle, well, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, let us hold firmly to the profession of our faith without wavering because he is faithful that promises. God needs a person who is going to hold to the word that he's spoken until he brings it to pass. And he said, Mary, you're going to go through some stuff and I got to make sure you don't drop my purpose. Mm. Oh, we're going to have fun right now. We're going to have fun right now. Are you with me? Say amen. Uh, Jared, why don't you come up here? Why don't you come? Yeah, why don't you come up here? Okay. Jesus, have mercy. Anyways, this is my nephew. And uh, yeah. I can't believe you got so tall. Jesus, have mercy. Anyway, so you used to play football, right? Okay, so. So. When Gabriel spoke to Mary, as soon as he spoke to Mary, remember, remember what I said, we are a Viking ship, right? Amen. Amen. And, and there's, there's three kinds of speed, okay? Because our, our theme is faster. So what does that mean? There's three kinds of speeds when you're a Viking ship, there is battle speed, there is attack speed, and then there is ramming speed. If you don't know what that means, watch the movie Ben-Hur, okay? So, so as soon as the angel spoke to Mary, immediately it became battle speed. We kind of can go through life and everything's cool. And then we have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Who drops something in our spirit. And as soon as he drops a word in our spirit, Luke chapter 8 says that trouble's going to come because of that word. As soon as the Lord told me at the age of 19 that Carmen Salmon was going to be my wife. As soon as that happened, all stuff broke loose. We were going along. I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And when I said to her two months later, will you be my girlfriend? She said, no. <laughs> yes, she did. And to make matters worse, she said, no. And she said, I like somebody else. Okay. Okay, and, and to be fair to her, it was because she was nervous about some things, etc. But my whole point is, is that for some of you, when God speaks to you and he hands off to you, watch this, purpose. He now expects for you 
to carry the ball across the goal post or the goal line so that the kingdom can score. Are you with me? As a football player, you know this. It doesn't matter if, if I took the ball from you. Let's say this is the goal line. I took the ball from you and you ran across the goal line. Okay? Now he runs across the goal line and he may be up there. Ah, hey, everybody. And the whole team will be looking at you like, what's wrong with you? I crossed the goal line. Yeah, but you crossed the goal line without the ball. Are you with me? On the other hand, come here. On the other hand, and you watch games, you can, you can get through. Some people flip over the goal line. Some people crawl on you know, their hands and feet on the goal line because you can't put your knee. Sometimes, mm, give me five on this one. Sometimes you don't even have to get over the goal line. Just what? The ball. Just the ball. In other words, God is saying, if you can just get your purpose over the goal line, we all score. Sometimes you have to risk your life for the purpose. So you got to protect the purpose at all costs. And what's going to happen now is that God has handed off the purpose to you and now we're depending on you to score. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, you know, God says, I know the plans I have for you. I got you into the school I got you into because I have a purpose. And you may, you may, you may have been happy that you finally got the ball, but now all of a sudden, there's a team that wants to rip the ball from you and rip your head off. And some of the stuff you're going through right now in school and relationships and families has nothing to do with you. They're not after you. They could care less about you because if they took this from you, you could run through life unimpeded. You played wide receiver, right? So, so there were times when you could actually run in the end zone and no one would touch you because you don't have the ball. Once your hands goes on the ball, all hell's going to break loose. Mm. And that's why some of you, you receive the word of the Lord. Yes, yeah, Lord, why is all this hell happening in my life? Because the devil's saying, I'm after the ball. Because if I can rip the purpose out of your life, Nobody scores. Mm. So at the age of 19, the Lord speaks to me. I'm just minding my business, gone on a two-day fast. And all of a sudden, he says, guess what? I said, what? You're going to be pastor of Pentecostal Tabernacle someday. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then all hell breaks loose. 
And then it's like, give somebody else the ball. And the Lord says, no, I need you to carry this ball. And if you fumble it, all these people I see here are not here. If you fumble it, you don't get to meet Delia. If you fumble it, you don't get to meet Denver. If you fumble it, you don't get to meet Tammy. I dare say, watch this, watch this. If you were raised in PT back in the 70s, We'll even give you early 80s, like early, like 1983. Could you stand up if you're in PT, 1983 or 1983 or, okay. Do, do you see this? And our Sunday morning services, when... I got the handoff. It it may have been it may have been five times this number. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. About five times this number. Okay? So look at look at all. All you, if I drop the ball, I don't get to see any of you. And, and, and why is this so sobering? Because there's people whose lives are depending on whether you hold this ball or not. And it's easy to look back now 20, 30 years, but regularly me and Carmen say, when we got hit and wanted to just say, forget it, we don't meet you. You may be seated. What purpose are you carrying that you've been through some stuff this year that the enemy is saying, if I can just get you to fumble that purpose, everything changes. Now, God, God in his kindness, maybe he chooses somebody else to come in the game and carry the ball. And maybe this all still happens, but guess what? It doesn't happen for me. Ooh, it's quiet in here. So now, the enemy, if you ever watch the game of football, the objective is we got to get you to fumble. We got to get Mary to fumble. And so I'll, I'll have to borrow Elder Roy again and, and, uh, and I'll, I'll borrow you and Jamil in a moment. So there's, there's three ways the enemy gets you to fumble because there's three ways that they get you to fumble in the game of football. So you're carrying the ball, just walk slowly. 
And there's what I call simply the direct hit. Now, whether they hit you in the chest or hit you in the knee or hit you in the head or, or they try to hit the ball. Am I right about that? It's a direct hit. With the whole, with the whole purpose of I want to hit you hard enough to separate you from the ball. But, it, but it's the hit that you see coming. You know, okay, this guy's going to hit me. So you see it coming. And what I'm saying is that some of you this year, there's some hitch you saw coming. But when the collision hit, you didn't expect it to be as hard as it was when you got hit. I have somebody in my family who is ill. And, you know, I, I, I see possibly, you know, this sickness being unto death, I see it coming, but when it comes, I didn't expect it to hurt as much as it hurt. I saw the fact that my grades weren't, you know, they, were, they weren't doing quite what I thought they were doing, and maybe I thought that I would have to repeat the class again, but what I didn't expect is that when I got hit, that I would put on, I'd be put on academic probation. I, yeah, I heard rumors that I heard rumors that, you know, the firm is having trouble and that they might be laying off people. And that I heard that there might be a possibility that I'd be laid off. But when I got laid off, I didn't expect it to hurt as much as it hurt. See, it, there's, there's stuff that you saw coming, but when you actually, when the collision ha actually hits you, 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 you ready to fumble the ball. I have my hand upon your life and, and, and you know, you, you got in this nice relationship with this young lady or this guy and, you know, we thought we would get married and all of a sudden, you know, I, I know he was kind of acting a little strange, but I didn't expect him or her to say, no, we're cutting it off. Don't worry, I know this is tight. This isn't amen, hallelujah, swing from the chandeliers. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. Because God is speaking. Some of you, you're like, if I can just, if I can just, if, sorry, if I can just get out of this year. Part of me would be saying, praise God. And some of me, some part of me would be saying, good riddance. I will never want to see 2016 again. And then there's another new technique that I, that I learned that, I, that they use now that they didn't use when I was playing football. And you, you need to move slowly. And so you just caught the ball, and now just move slowly. Okay, so, so he's, he's running, and he sees, oh, the coast is clear. Okay, and that, but what happens that what he doesn't know is that there's a guy trailing him. And what they do now is that they punch the ball from behind. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this, this, is, this is the collision that you don't see coming. 
Anybody ever hear Joe Frazier? Raise your hand if you heard of Joe Frazier. Uh, Google Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. Those are some of the fiercest battles. They asked Joe Frazier, hey, Smoking Joe, you've taken a lot of punches. Who's the, what's the hottest punch you ever received? And some people thought he would say Ken Norman. Some people thought he would say uh, 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 George uh, Foreman. He said, the hottest punch I ever received is the one I didn't see coming. And some of us were going through life and we're like, oh, this is, things are going well. And all of a sudden, the enemy punches the ball from behind us. And he causes a fumble that we didn't see coming. You're going through life and homegirl or homeboy is your best friend and all of a sudden, poof, they betray you. You're going through life and everything's wonderful and all of a sudden someone close to you dies unexpectedly. You're coming home and everything's well and all of a sudden you hear from your parents, oh, we, there's, there's, there's no money to send you back to school to finish your second semester. So you need to call your friends and tell them you ain't coming back to Boston. There's stuff that happens in life where life will hit you with unexpected blows. Funds that you thought were going to come in for a certain thing, and all of a sudden, they don't come in. That's the unexpected blow. And that's why the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, verse 5, it says, be watchful, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. See, you, you, you got to always, they say in football, have your head on a what? Swivel. Have your head what? On a swivel. Why? Because there's fighters around. Yeah, you, you, don't know, you don't know where you can get hit from. So you can't be, see, see and, 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 and the reason why some of us get hurt so much in this life is because we're running through Christianity like we're running through, you know, one of those movies where the girl is running through the fields. <laughs> we're, you know, we're singing, hallelujah, we're marching to Zion. And the devil's like, oh, yeah? And he, boom, punches it out from behind us, punches out our purpose. People are counting on you, Denver. People are counting on you. People are counting on you, Yolanda. People are counting on you, Bio. People are counting on you to, to carry this across the goal line so that we all score. Now, you need to move up here. Some of you are like, man, how many more hits can I take? Oh, the last one's even worse. It doesn't get it. Oh, yeah, the last one's worse. There's the direct hit. That's the one you see coming. There's the hit from behind. That's the one you didn't see coming. 
And then there's the one that probably most of you have been going through all year. This one is ruthless. Because what happens is that you get gang tackled. Mm. Okay. And what the objective is, grab him, grab him. The objective, mm, this, this is heavy now, this is heavy now, this is heavy now. The objective is not to bring you down. It's to keep you up. And the reason why they want to keep you up is why they keep you up. A third person comes in and you hold, try to hold on and they rip the ball out of your hand. So rather than, rather than knock you down so that the play is over, they keep you up so that they can rip the ball out of your hand and possibly, not simply rip it out, but possibly rip it out and score with your purpose. This is a picture of how some of you feel right now. Life is just all over you. For some of you, demons. It's like Satan has sent the kitchen sink, even, like, even the servant demons. <laughs> like everybody is just against you. An enemy comes in and tries to rip your purpose. Well, you, obviously, is the purpose important to you? Then you never be able to hold on to it a bit of a heart, okay? And, 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 and see, the, see, he's, see how strong he is now? See how strong he is now? Go, 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 go. But this is some of you. Watch this, this is some of you. He's strong now, but I've only been doing this for a minute. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, November, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. See, 2014. See, some of you, you've been, you've been holding on for a long time. And year after year goes on. And some people just say, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Because it doesn't seem like God is coming through. But God is saying at the right time, keep, keep holding. And, and, and one or two things are going to happen. If you, and this is, I, I just need to slap you five. This is such a good word. There are some of you who are watching people carry their purpose. And you're sitting there saying, Boy, this is a nice game. Man, poor Jared. Tough life. May the Lord help him. Mm. 
man, this is, wow. I need to buy some popcorn because I wonder how this is going to turn out. Where what, God, what he needs is intercessors. Because what the intercessors do, they come in and boof. The intercessors come in and boof. And he may not get any further than where he is, but he won't drop his purpose. And some of you are watching people go through stuff and you're not praying, you're not fasting, you're, not, you're just watching them. And when they drop the ball, finally, because they've been worn out, you say, see, I knew they weren't real. If he had more faith, maybe he would have held on to the ball longer. When the bottom line is God, that's why some, mm, that's why some of you, God's been waking you up in the middle of the night. Amen. Well, I don't know who I'm supposed to pray for. That's why you need to. You don't have to know who you're praying for. The coach, the Holy Ghost says I need you to pray for us. Well, why don't you tell me because it's none of your business. In fact, if I told you, thank you, sir. Let me close with this. This is heavy. This, this one the Lord dropped in my spirit. This, this, this made me even more afraid. It's one thing when God gives me a purpose. And I can tell you, I said, I've been running with my purpose now uh, since 19. I, the ball here for me is PT. PT. I've had people say, you know, call me and say, I'll hire you. I'll hire you <laughs> And to leave, to leave Cambridge, this is years ago, before I was in the pastor. I'll hire you, I'll pay you what you made, and I'll give you a house. Because I need your ministry. I was like, nope. It ain't Cambridge. Then I remember a church in Cambridge, I just started pastoring, Sandra, about five years. The church in Cambridge was growing. And the pastor came up to me and said, we want to hire you. Because they wanted to be diverse. And, you know, we figured we asked you. At first, I was a little insulted, like, I'm a pastor. Why would I leave my church to be at yours? But the whole point is, is that the devil is going to give you offers. He's going to hit you. He's going to do everything he can to get you to fumble the ball. But this is heavy. Mm, this is heavy. This is heavy. This is heavy. It's one thing to fumble a ball. Uh, if you don't want to hear this, you can close your ears. But there are some people God has handed off to you. And if you don't carry them, they are not going to make it.
There are people that God has handed to you. And you have got to carry them. I'm not saying that they're invalids. I'm, not, I'm saying that God has committed them to you. And you've got to make sure that they score. So even if they act crazy, God says don't fumble them. Even if they're not your cup of tea, God says, don't fumble them. Because, because I handed them off to you. See, come here, Kumba. See, that's why I'm all up in your life. Because God handed you off. To us. Denver. That's why I'm all up in your life. Because God handed you off to me. Camilla. Yes. That's why you're on my regular prayer list. Because God handed you off to me. Chris. Yes. That's why you're in my life. God handed you off to me. To God be the glory. Mm-hmm. Sandra. Yes. Yes. God handed you off to me. And in case you think this is just a black thing, come over here, sweetheart. Yes, yes, what do you mean? Yes, yes, yes. Pastor David, Pastor uh, David, uh, who preached at David Osborne, he said, I know this young lady who I was doing the half marathons <laughs> with. I'm going to send her to PT. And you met David where? In San Francisco. In San Francisco. So here's a woman raised in Germany. Germany. Raised in Germany, meets a black man in San Francisco who tells her about a church in Boston. That's quite a handoff. <laughs> And there's some of you, if you don't go to school in Boston, what are the chances are a white guy from Maine meets a black guy from, where are you from? South Africa. And you become good friends in Boston. Sounds like a handoff to me. What are the chances are pastor's daughter in Cambridge meets a young lady from, where are you from? South Africa. South Africa, and they become best friends. 
Here's a question. Who's God? Oh, one more. Brandeis, right? Come up here. Come up here. You just, is, it, is it Jonathan? Is that it? John. John, yeah. Oh, ooh. See, what, what did you say? Young pastor. Ooh, young pastor. Come up here. Come on. No, 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 no. And see, I just outed you. Just outed you. Young pastor. That's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. You were handed off. You're here, Walter. Yeah. You, 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 think you, you think you just you think you just came in here on your own? See, here's the beauty of what God did. Elena, come up here. Bring the whole fam, huh? Yeah. So you just so happened to choose to go to Brandeis. And then God says, I hand you off to Elena. And then Elena hands you off to PT. And then the Holy Spirit hands you off to Walter. <laughs> and, and watch this, watch this. Elena doesn't leave. Bishop doesn't leave. Where's the ball? Walter doesn't leave. But because you have this purpose in you, watch this. Now we become your blockers. Amen. 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 Let's all stand. The beautiful thing about this walk with God is that um, when you're carrying the football, I don't know where it is right now, Turn to the next turn to the person next to you and tell them when you're carrying the football, you don't have to let the enemy hit you. What I mean by that is that he's going to hit you, but you don't just have to take it. Mm -hmm. There are some people who carry the football and they are feared when they carry the football. There are some guys, when they carry the football, they basically are saying, you don't want any part of this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so one of the, let's see if you got this one, Jared. What is the greatest weapon of somebody who's carrying a football? What is one of the greatest weapons they can use while they're carrying a football? Um, their other arm. Their other arm. Exactly, stiff arm, the stiff arm. In other words, when somebody is coming to tackle them, boom, stiff arm. Hold that side. I mean, they take you to hide. <laughs> stiff arm. In other words, it's like back off. And, and, and some of them, their stiff arm is like a weapon. Are you hearing me? This is our stiff arm. What do you mean? Take a knife in a football game? No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's street football. <laughs> no. 
No. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities, powers, rulers of the dark. And then he says, Put on the whole armor of God. And you start with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What does that mean? That means when you're broke and you feel like you're struggling financially, you give the devil a stiff arm. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Right now, some of you are worried about your finals and your studies and grants and give them a stiff arm. Be anxious for nothing. But everything, prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests be known unto God and the peace of God. Every time you use the word, it's a stiff arm to the devil. And that's why when Mary received the word, she said, let it happen to me according to the word that you gave me. Do you have a stiff arm to give to the devil? I said, do you have a stiff arm to give to the devil? You need to raise up the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you come up here, praise team? There's a scripture. Are we ready, folks? There's a scripture that says this. Um, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to his name, O Most High. To show forth his loving kindness in the what? Morning. And his faithfulness at night. There's a scripture that says, From the rising of the sun to the, of the what? Same. The Lord's name is what? Worthy to be praised, right? Say that with me again. From the rising of the sun. To the going down of the same, the Lord's name is worthy to be praised. Amen. And, and, and so we can, we can give the devil a stiff arm through the word. Are you with me? I never saw this before, but the Lord said to me, Brian, you can give the devil a stiff arm in another way through the word. And I said, what? And he said, you can say the word, but you can also sing the word. And some of you need to go through 2017 singing the word. Because praise is an instrument of war. Restore. 